Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card. Because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in-store. Does Kevin Durant re-sign with the Thunder this offseason? Which free agents are getting a max deal this summer? And is free agency really a viable way to build a title contender anymore? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I am hoping that you're listening to this in our new mobile app, which will also allow you to comment on the podcast, which I hope you guys do, because coming on the show right now is my buddy Brian, coming on again after our successful run last week of solving a lot of NBA problems. So Brian, how's it going today? It's going great. Thank you for having me back on. It's very exciting. Have we determined yet who our fake sponsor is this week? Oh, you know, we'll have to come up with that. I know it probably won't be Chipotle. <laughs> we're, still, we're still not going to be Chipotle. Okay. You know. Um, <laughs> right. Baja Fresh is, is brought us here today. Thank you, Baja Fresh. Home All right. Yes. Chipotle burrito. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, as I would always used to get, I would get the vegetarian burrito, but add steak, and they would stare at me like I was an alien. <laughs> nice. Nice. That sounds delicious right now. I want it my way. Yes, you do. That's what Baja Fresh can do for you and not Chipotle. So, yes. well, you were talking to me via email, electronic yes. mail, if you will, um, about a certain someone and their contract because I'm not so sold that Kevin Durant, if they don't make it out of the second round, let's say, will stay in Oklahoma City. And you had some strong words for me. Yeah, I think Durant is going absolutely nowhere. I think he is staying in OKC, and I think that any big free agent is going to look long and hard about leaving their current team if they are offered a max deal. I think it's going to become more and more difficult with the way the cap is going and the way the numbers are going. Well, the irony Uh, is it's already very difficult. I mean, it almost never happens anyway. Right. So the... You know, they're talking about the cap going up over the next two years. It's going to be $89 million next year. The year after, it's going to jump to $108 million. And then it's actually supposed to scale down a little bit after that, which is kind of odd. So <laughs> you're getting this very weird moment in time in that 2017-2018 offseason, which is going to be the best time ever to be a free agent and to renegotiate your contract. Um in Durant's case, it happens to coincide with his when he will have 10 years of service time, which means that his starting salary jumps from 30 to 35 percent of the cap um, since he's got bird rights. So it's just the difference in the money in that year versus come being coming off agent this year is outstanding. But then also the cap is going to go down the year after that. They're talking about going down to about 100 million. So the salaries are going to decrease if you're a free agent the following year. It's, it's very strange. Um, ba- basically, basically, Durant's going to sign. I think other people are talking about this. He's going to sign a one-year deal this offseason. He's going he's gonna to kick the can down the road. Okay. Um, the difference is, I mean, it's the difference of his starting salary. If he signs the, the big deal now, his starting salary is 30, it's talking 30% of $89 million. Versus thirty five percent of one hundred and eight million, which, which is what? Um, it's basically, um, wow. It's uh, hold on, I've got it here. Talk about something else for a second. 
basically you're talking about the difference of a starting salary of 25 million versus 36 million the following year <laughs> thereabouts right and then your raises are all based off of that so right. over the life of the contract you know you're talking if he does a five-year deal now with okc you're talking about 180 million dollar deal if he waits a year it becomes about a 240 million dollar deal Okay, so so, so he difference. he kicks the can down yes. the road for one year. Now he yes. signs. So the difference in 2017 that summer will be that uh, okay, so you can offer him an extra year. Yes, they can do the uh, uh, and they can do they can pay him more. They can pay him 35. Yes. percent I guess the idea is that other anybody else who wants to uh, court him can't offer 35 percent of the salary cap. Is that well, the deal? No, they can come in at 35 percent because he'll be a free agent. So they can come in at 35. So they can more or less match that first year on the deal. But they can only offer four years instead of five. So, and they can only offer 4.5% raises instead of 7.5% raises. Ah. So that extra 3% on that large base number of like $36 million, it's essentially it's a million-dollar difference in a raise. But so it's think about it this way. So the first year, it's a million-dollar difference. The second year, it becomes a $2 million difference, then a $3 million, then a $4 million. So over those four years, it's about a $10 million difference just in the raises. And then you're also talking about that jumbo fifth year. So basically, you're talking about a 30-year-old Kevin Durant looking five years down the line and saying, you know what? I can more or less guarantee that five years from now, my salary is going to be $46 million. Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in-store. Wow. For that extra year. That's, that's what it adds up to. So I don't know how you give that up, especially yeah. looking at the cap as it goes down. Now, if, you're, if you have power and control, you can give yourself outs, I suppose, if the cap goes back up. Goes back up. But right. you know, maybe if you're him or you're Steph Curry or you're LeBron, you're able to negotiate that kind of deal. But that is, that is the time to make your big deal. Yeah, and I supposedly I guess with his with his you know foot issues or non issues now it appears that he is he's back and there's no issues but you know that's a scary thing to go through I suspect he'd want to take security, right? Um, but but you know his ancillary income certainly is such that um, it's not like he won't have a ton of money to to earn and live the rest of his life and you know then you have to wonder if because uh, like I'm at the point now where I'm seriously considering. I think that OKC on a talent level has enough. I just sort of feel like it's the wrong fit. They, they, these two pieces don't fit in, in, to, for a title. And I suppose if, if that's true, then, you know, what, what's going to happen? Like, I guess Durant doesn't mind, you know, being stuck in that situation. Is it really being stuck? Like if you, if you are going to hitch your wagon to any partner in this league – isn't Westbrook? You don't you don't think Westbrook's a good enough partner where you say, "Look, it's going to be the two of us, so we can cycle guys in and out around us, and we know that we're here together for five more years." Well, I mean, sure, if you want to be the third or third best team in the conference and probably not make it out of you know make it the second or third round and or the finals and the conference finals, I mean, yeah, I, I just you know what I mean. I feel like you know they're not going to beat the Warriors. It doesn't feel like or the Spurs. Um, the way they're constituted, the way they play. And I, I, I think that they could. I think that they have enough. They have the pieces. But it's just sort of the, the confluence of events of like the coach probably not having as much uh, you know, control as he would like um, and the players are kind of reverting. Like they seem to they play the way they play, right? Let Russ be Russ. Um, they, you know, and that's, that's great. Everyone loves that. But um, I just have this nagging feeling that you know, it depends. It depends on what you want. Uh, you know, it, they're, they're top five in the, um, you know, in, with offensive rating. They're terrific offensively. But when you watch them against the really good defenses, they're not <laughs> that good. And so it's like, you know, it's all the sort of the prism. That's why I think I have this constant battle with people on, the, on Westbrook and OKC is because I'm looking at them through the title prism, the crucible of like, are they going to be able to win a title? 
as opposed to just being, you know, a top team in the league. So what's a, what's a better situation for him? Wow, well, that's a good question. Let's start with Durant. What's a better situation for Kevin Durant? Well, so honestly, forget the money for a second. If we're, is, if I'm Durant's agent, then I'm somehow hoping, and you know, I, I hope I don't have like pitchforks and 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 you know, people, the villagers coming at to banging at my door. But they should probably just trade Russ. For okay, so so they're going to trade Russ to. For, like, who's the player? Who's the better complimentary player for Durant? I mean, I used to say it was like someone like Rondo, you know, okay. but like that's just, you know, I, I, that's not that. You know, it's like someone like Chris Paul, but that's that's not going to happen either. It's probably going to have to be someone like maybe like if it's going to be a trade, it's probably going to have to be like the Eastern Conference, right? Because nobody's going to help him in the West. Right. So is it similar to what we were talking about last week where you get rid of a guy like, obviously much less the case, you move a Derrick Rose for a guy who is going to be happier playing a role in an offense versus needing the ball? Well, you know, right. Because Derrick Rose does not really, it makes them worse, I think. Because Derrick Rose is a very, is a, you know, in that same similar version of Russ. Right. But let me say this. Can you imagine if the Bulls were able to do that? To do what? Oh, to bring to bring Westbrook over? If, if the Bulls got Westbrook, and for whatever faults I think he has, now that becomes a, a, a very frightening proposition for a team like the Cavaliers if, the, if Russ went to, to Chicago. Yeah, but for Russ to come to Chicago, you're basically going to have to move Butler and more. Well, why can't you? You can move Rose. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess Rose's <laughs> value is not very high anymore. Right. Um, right. I mean, listen, you have to face it. You're never going to get what you, you know, you're never going to, it's never going to turn out okay for you. I think you're always going to lose out when you trade a player like that, right? It's like you've seen it throughout the years. Uh, rarely does it actually, is it balanced. But, um, but let's get back to the OKC thing anyway, just okay. without sidetracking. Um, you know, like, you know, who would, who's the top point guard in the East right now? Uh, in the East? Wow, it's a good question. Kyle Lowry? Yeah, is it Kyle Lowry? Is it like is it like Kyrie Irving? Oh, Kyrie. Uh, yeah, John Wall. John Wall. Okay. You know, is it John? Can you can you can you do that package? Is it John Wall and something for for Russ? Like, uh, you know, that, that's actually that, I mean, that's an intriguing because I really like John Wall. I think he's a terrific player. And by the way, I think he would be even better playing with a guy like Durant. Well, I mean, in, if that's the case, does it reverse that? Does it become the case where Durant goes to Washington? Ah. Do you flip it around? Right. Well, Because, not... I mean, you could, you could conceivably, if Durant made it clear that he didn't want to stick around, you could conceivably move him over and he gets to retain, as long as it's a trade, he gets to retain his bird rights. Ah, so he would force a trade. Yeah, so... <laughs> okay, see what's the package? I mean, it's if, I don't think if that... you want to put Walt, it's got to be it's got to be Beal and your yeah. next thirty five first round picks. I don't know what else you add to, right. to make well, that happen. Because Beal solves a lot of problems for OKC anyway. If they if they were you know as, as presently constituted, that won't happen either. No. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the problem is I don't I just Washington doesn't seem to have um, you know. If, if you're going to make that, I, you know. Did you see that story this week about Beal's uh, minute limit for the rest of his career? No, for his career? <laughs> well, yeah, he came out this week. It was very odd. He came out and there was a story that says uh, he's going to, he may have to limit his minutes for the rest of his career to less than 35 a game. That oh. seems like that seems like a pretty you know generous innings <laughs> limit. You know, it's like I, I'm sorry, sir. I'm only willing to work 17 hours a day. Right. Yeah. But, that's. I mean, you know, because he will, he probably wouldn't play that much <laughs> anyway. I mean, and then what happens in that rare game where it's overtime or you know something? Right. Um, I mean, certainly there is something up with some of these guys that continually get injured. Again, I think didn't we bring it up last week about how players seem to get blamed for getting injured? Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not right. It's not their fault. This is a very difficult thing. They do with their bodies day in and day out. It's really not their fault. Right. That yeah. said, when you see a guy who's that good of an athlete and you know, Bill is a terrific athlete, uh, and they do keep breaking down. I would obviously, I would point to like mechanically, obviously there's something going on with the way they're moving, you know, with like with, with, um, there was a great video. I don't know if you saw it a few years ago of all of, or a lot of Derek Rose's landings. Okay. 
And the guy was like some functional movement guy or whatever. He's like, look at how he lands so often on these like crazy twisting, you know, layups up on one foot. He's like, he didn't tear his, his, his ACL on that one jump stop, whatever that was years ago. He tore it on every one of these jumps little by little. And um, and so then you start to realize that, yeah, I, I think some of these guys are just lacking in, you know, they're, they're, they, they need someone to kind of retrain them on how to move. But, um, you know, although I will say I got to look at the injury uh, history of, of Beal because I feel like some of them are kind of a little freak. Well, and they're, you know, speaking of free agents, they're entering an interesting period with him. I'm assuming they're going to offer him the max and he'll stick around. Jim, but, uh, who are you talking about? I'm talking about Beal. Right. They have to because what else do they have on that team, really, besides Wall and Beal? That's their, that's their you know, that's what right. they're hanging their hat on. Which, again, is not, you know, if you have championship aspirations, that's not a bad way to start. I don't understand what happened to Washington either because, you know, that – I mean, I, injuries is obviously the big thing because they have, you know, a good, decent front court as well to go with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're right. It's a, it is a good place to start. And you're right. You added Durant to that. And right. then, you know, I don't know. I just fear that Durant is going to be that anyway. guy. Durant is going to be the Barkley of his era. You, you don't think he ever gets a title? It's never going to happen? I don't know. I just feel like, you know, because – you know, the Warriors and the Spurs are have reloaded, and the Warriors aren't going to get going anywhere for a while. <laughs> no. Uh, Cleveland is still going to hang on there for a little while. So, you know, how old is Durant now? Uh, he's 28, I think. He's 28. So, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, as currently constituted, it doesn't really feel like anybody would really be like, oh, they, they really, this is their year. You know, I don't see that happening for a, a year or two, at least, unless they do something drastic. No, it hurts with uh, with what the Spurs and the way the Spurs and Golden State have sort of been able to nurture their young guys into superstars um, by having other superstars kind of in front of them. It's 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 hard to compete with that right now. The right, and then, then they get a guy like Jonathan Simmons for the Spurs. I don't know if you watched him, but he's excellent, and he's like he's just like another Kawhi. <laughs> and like, right. They've got they have a backup Kawhi, yeah, secondary Kawhi, yeah, <laughs> and then they have Marjanovic. Who, right. you know, he's got a ridiculous, I mean, I don't like PER, but it's like, you know, and he plays in the blowouts. It's not like he's whatever, but the dude can play a little bit. And if you, if Duncan sprains his ankle, whatever, or gets in foul trouble and they got to throw him out there, like, I think they could give him 12 minutes in a playoff series and get like, you know, right. seven rebounds. Right. Well, that's sort of the, that's the amazing thing about a team like Golden State or San Antonio. It's like, we've got these incredible players and then they just, they, they show up with a guy like Kawhi or Draymond. It's like, oh, let's also add them too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not enough. We also, you know, having Steph isn't enough. Let's also have Draymond Green. Sure. Why not? Right. Well, then, then, then it's a chicken or egg because it's like, you know, <laughs> like Draymond for one, I think kind of came out of the box doing what he's doing. But a guy like Kawhi um, or the other guys like Danny Green for the Spurs, like I think it's pretty clear the Spurs are developing that, right? They have right. it in place. Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in-store. Yeah, it's yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you're looking at it from that point of view over the next few years, I, I, you're looking at what Durant's best shot for title is. I, I, I can't imagine that going to Washington is really going to give him a better chance than staying in OKC. I mean, San Antonio is still San Antonio, no matter where he goes, unless he's going to go join one of these teams. Right. You know, unless he says, I'm going to go play with Steph Curry. How fun would that be? Uh, it'd be pretty fun. It'd be pretty fun if you're not one of the other teams in the league. It's very fun. But that doesn't happen. I mean, that has to be a trade, I think, right? I don't know. I haven't seen the scenarios. I'm assuming it's like Harrison Barnes, blah, 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 whatever, right? Like, they're going to have to throw in some serious, probably, I mean, who else would they be able to do? Like, that can't happen, I don't think, right? And they're not signing, at least as a free agent. Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. Do they have room under the cap next year? I mean, they'd have to renounce Barnes, right? Barnes is a free agent. Oh. 
So you think that he, they he? can snatch Yeah, him? he's restricted. Yeah, Barnes is restricted, which is which is actually another good question. Well, um, someone's going to sign him to an offer sheet. I don't. I don't know if Barnes signs an offer sheet. I don't know if he even agrees to it. I mean, if you're Harrison Barnes right now, because remember that we're deal- we're talking about the cap. So the cap jumps. You know, why would why would Barnes sign a four year offer sheet with some other team, even at the max with the eighty nine million dollar cap when he could sign the one year offer, wait till the cap jumps to one hundred eight million and right. sign a much bigger deal next year. And and he just would be a fool to leave regardless. Like there there will be never be a better position for him to be where he, than where he is now on the court. Yeah, I don't know. Does Golden State offer him a max deal? Hmm. I think that they're gonna probably have to. Well, let's see. I mean, I mean, to me, it's more of a question, at least for this one, because he's restricted. Like it just seemed to me pretty clear. Someone's gonna offer him a max, and then they're gonna have to make a decision they want to match. Well, right. He probably gets offered. Again, I don't know if he signs it. He probably does get offered some sort of a max deal because everyone's going to have so much cap space. Like, there's no reason for a team, again, like the Lakers, to not offer him a max deal. Right. Um, you know, they're going to they're gonna go after players like DeRozan, who's, yeah. you know, he's going to face a similar situation as Durant, where he's looking at, the fifth year and the size of the raises and probably stays in Toronto if they offer him the max. Oh, really? I don't know. I have a vision of Jamar DeRozan coming to the Lakers for some reason. I don't know. How, how many years has DeRozan been in the league? Oh, uh, five. I think he was a rookie in 2010, something like that. Let's see. So, um, so back to Golden State real fast. Golden State's interesting. So they have... So basically next year, they've got Clay, Draymond, and Steph signed for a total of those three guys for about 43, 45 million, somewhere in that range. Then right, they've got, well, you know, because Steph's deal is, is just silly. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. And, and Steph, and again, Steph's a guy who I even looked at the years and how it adds up. He'll probably get some sort of, because he's going to get a free agent deal when that cap is 108. That's when he becomes a free agent. So he'll probably get some sort of a max deal with outs, which allows him to drop out of the deal if the cap goes up and it makes sense at some point. Right? He'll probably get some sort of a five-year deal, which gives him outs whenever he wants them. Right. Because something like, you know, something like LeBron has been doing. These okay. one-year deals. Um, so he'll get – his timing is actually okay on that. I just don't know when he becomes a 10-year – when he gets his 10 years in. Okay. Um, so we're talking about DeRozan. Yeah. Okay, so DeRozan. He's actually been in the league for, what did I say, seven years? One, oh, so he's got seven years old. So this is his seventh year? Seventh or, year, yep. Or, okay, so let's say. You know, and he's an L.A. guy. From You know, he's from right. here, went to Cal- at USC. Um, I'm not even the, the biggest fan of his. I feel like, I think we've, obviously this is it. We, whatever he does now is, is his ceiling, I think. So if you're a guy like DeRozan, maybe you're, Maybe you're not playing it cute with the 30%, 35%. Maybe you just sign your five-year deal right now at the current cap and max it out. He'll think he'll start around $25 million a year. Okay. I mean, that, and then stay in Toronto? Well, yeah. I think, I mean, if, if Toronto offers him the max, you do that. Because he would be to join the Lakers – DeRozan, so DeRozan, let's say he gets a max deal with the Lakers and he gets a max deal with Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. The difference is going to be something like, so a max deal with Toronto is going to be worth something like $145 million over five years. Okay. So with the Lakers, if he takes the Lakers offer, the most the Lakers could offer him would be like 107 over four. Okay. So you're it's talking. A lot of money. It is a lot of money, but it's a yeah. He's right. leaving a lot on the table. If and you're the Lakers, like you know, yeah. at the guard position, they're losing Kobe, but you know they have these two guys who are sort of up and coming. But then again, I can easily see the Lakers just trying to bring in somebody else. Like they they don't seem to care enough about them, and maybe rightfully so. We'll have to find out just how well uh, these guys progress. I mean, I I really like Jordan Clarkson, 
And, you know, by the way, D'Angelo uh, Russell is actually looking pretty good. His, his three-point shooting, it looks a lot better. He's kind of got a little YOLO uh, to, to his <laughs> shot selection these days. But, you know, the whole Byron Scott thing, I, you know, it's like it, part of me feels like when you watch the Lakers now, they're just like there's no there's no accountability. They don't care. They're just like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to go out there and, 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 and just get my numbers and see what happens. Right. Well, that's their old school tough coach. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what teaching them? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm going to get yanked anyway. He's going to yell at me anyway. That, that's how it feels. Like that's sort of all these plays. And by the way, the right. one thing I want to mention here is I was watching last night and, you know, they were competing for a while with the Warriors and Larry Nance Jr. is their best player. Like, he, it's yeah. not aesthetics, but it's like the guy in a very coachy way, when you're looking at the, how it's, all the subtle things, does everything that they need to win, to, to win. Like, he does those things. No one else really does. Yeah, he really, he seems like the kind of player that every team could use a guy like him. Right? Yes. He's, whether he's, you know, maybe he shouldn't be your fourth option. Maybe you want him to be your eighth or ninth option. But he does feel like a guy who gives you some good minutes. You know, um, you know who he plays like? Who? His dad. <laughs> <laughs> his dad, yes. You know? I don't – maybe maybe not. Uh, maybe not. Do you think he's got that kind of scoring potential? Well, you know, I got to look up his, his dad's score. Because his dad was never like, you know, didn't have a great jump shot, right? He could post up, but yeah. he was a little bit like, you know – I don't want to say stiff, but because he, he's such a really good jumper and a good athlete, but but um, he he didn't you know I'm going to look it up right now. Larry Nance for in his career averaged okay he did average 17 a game, and then there was moments where he got a little over 20. Um, right. On he had a, how many how many All Star seasons did he have? He at least a handful, right? Uh, it looks like three. If I'm looking at these stars, yeah. by, let me look at uh, the bottom here. <laughs> Right. Uh, brought to you by basketballreference.com. <laughs> right. Um, guess what? I think the word "all star" is is not on, does not appear on this page. Maybe he didn't. He, he was an all star. Let me look. He down had here. to have been an all star. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You have to spell all star with a dash in between. Oh yeah, that dash is important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes. he yeah three times. In fact, three he, times. I, I was shocked right. when I saw it 93 because that seemed awfully late for his career, but he got one in 93. So. Um, okay. So Larry Nance, but but there's some similarities there because he would he would sort of make plays and he wasn't you know it was flashy with dunks, but he was also like dirty and down low and, and boxing out and, and you know tipping balls out and all that kind of stuff and that's exactly what his kid does. Is is Larry Nance Jr. Is he good enough to make Julius Randle expendable? Well, you know it's funny because in the beginning of the year I was all in on Julius Randle. I thought he was a beast. He looked like Charles Barkley, you know, getting rebounds coast to coast. But guess what happens in this league? What happens? People Byron watch, Scott becomes your coach. You know, <laughs> I think the other players on the other teams watch some of the games. No, wait. They on do. Television? They, they might even can like they watch yeah, it on their iPad on, on a some sort of computing device. They oh. might even watch. They might even like something like something called Scout it. They might even realize like the things he was doing were, were so you know like left hand dominant that if you just you know force him the other way, and so all of a sudden the dude can't get anywhere on the court, right? They're completely taking away the left hand, and uh, and then here comes Larry Nance, who was you know seems like a you know in fact Larry Nance needs to be the guy um, who's who's like in um, Last Dragon, like you know the Shogun of Harlem has to come in there and start dunking his head in the water while he's beating his ass until he finally <laughs> realizes he's got the glow. <laughs> because I think if Larry Nance truly believed in himself, because he looks, it still looks like he's just out there going like, man, I'm just barely hanging on here. Right, he I'm, I'm happy to be here. He's having that moment. Happy yeah. to be there. He feels right. like if he could kind of ra- get, a, get, a, get a little mean, you know, uh, and, and believe, I think, I think he could be on his way to being a guy who could start on a good team. Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in-store. So I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing out of this whole disastrous Lakers season if what turns out is they've developed Larry Nance Jr. into a high-quality player? It would be it would, kind of amazing. It would be. It would be amazing. 
Um, and then, yeah, because then, you know, you get a guy like Randall who's looking at it going, man, he's getting more minutes now and he's actually more effective. I don't know what I'm doing and I never learned anything in college. What? Right. And um, so, um, you know, those are the things. Oh, and by the way, that, that's the other biggest difference. Nance went to college for several years. Right. He's kind of like Taj Gibson that way. Yeah, right. Exactly. He's an older guy. Randall went to the spa for like four months. <laughs> yeah, I like. I don't think we're ready to give up on Randall quite yet. I mean, no, but but there's a team, great yeah. there's a great example of a guy who like you know just wasn't really taught the game uh, in college. Randall wasn't, and right. and here we are. Like it's going to take him a while. Now I think he's got a lot of talent, and he should be better than Larry Nance without question eventually. But it just like takes this much longer. And I don't care if you're going to tell me he's only there for one year. I think a year is long enough to, to, to teach the game to some degree, um, which, by the way, could, could be a, a horrible segue to this Nets fiasco. Wait, wait. I, can I let's crush real fast about Larry Nance Jr. We're right. talking about him. Is, is, it, is being the son of an NBA player an underrated asset? Um, okay. Underrated like, in what way? Well, you know, Steph Curry was a number, I mean, he, what, he was a number seven overall pick, and turns out he's the greatest player of all time. You get these guys, Clay Thompson, Larry Nance Jr., you know, maybe outperforming what they were expected to be. Okay. I mean, I think for every one of those, you might find, you know, a matching one that didn't like, uh, you know, Larry Drew. Oh yeah, or like I think Hardaway he, Jr. <laughs> yeah, right, Hardaway Jr. You know, and there's something still there. Like Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Thomas is as good as his dad, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> right. Well, um, <laughs> you know, I you know, I'm looking at the list right now because there just happens to be a list of second generation NBA oh, players okay. brought to like you by that. Wikipedia. Right. And um, Paul you know, Gasol's son, Marcus Gasol. Well, I mean, if you look at the list real quick, this would be an interesting thing. Oh, whoa! Did you know? That Jay Crowder's father played in the NBA? I did not know that. I love Jay Crowder, and his father's Corey Crowder. I've never heard of Corey Crowder, but if we head back on over to basketballreference.com, Corey Crowder, right. he played for you know three seasons, it looks like. What uh, team? He played for Utah. He played for two seasons. Uh, for the Jazz in 51 games, and then for the Spurs for seven games. So very little, but he was he played in the NBA. Wow. Um, Did he win is, a title with the Spurs? Uh, he played for the Spurs in 94-95. Okay, no. So that would not be a title, but that is crazy. Like, I don't think any – I mean, I, I haven't heard that at all. Um, but here's interesting thing. Like, like, for instance, Mike Bibby, better than his father. Yeah. Um, the, Barry, the Barry kids were probably were not as good as the dad. Uh, no. Kobe was better than his dad. Yes. Um, let's see here. Steph, Steph better than his dad. Seth not, which is an interesting thing. Um, Austin Day was probably not as good as Darren Day, and that's not saying a lot yet, but uh, there's Larry Drew. Uh, let's see. Oh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. versus Mike Dunleavy Sr. I think, I think if you're talking about what you expected them to be, like I think Mike Dunleavy Jr. is more or less what you may have expected him to be. Coming out of college, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think and, you know, and Mike Dunleavy Senior was not really a, a very good player. He was kind of just yeah. a hard nosed guy who can kind of run around out there. I, they they said he could shoot a little bit, but whenever I watched him play, the shot didn't look great. But uh, let's see here. Let's get anybody else uh, notable here. Uh, there's Al Horford and Tito Horford. Al Horford clearly better than the dad. Um, and uh, let's see here. Kobe Carl versus George Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. George is better, but, but can, you know. Can, can we just call it a push so I don't have to look up the stats? <laughs> can yeah. we just say they're, they're more or less the same? Um, John Lucas III was not as good as John Lucas, the, the, the senior. Oh, sorry, John Lucas Jr. That's definitely one. I would say Danny Manning was better than his dad. Okay. Um, who else but, is of uh, no? How many recently? So, oh, now Jabari Parker's dad played in, in the league too, and he's already probably better than that. Uh, the Paxson brothers, by the way, their dad played. Oh, interesting. I don't think it was the NBA, though. I feel like it was the, you know, the original NBL or something like that, but still. Right. I think he was um, a globetrotter, wasn't he? <laughs> he was a Washington yes. general. Jim, yeah, Jim Jackson Sr. definitely was on the generals. Um, <laughs> you know, Austin Rivers versus Doc Rivers. I think that goes to Doc. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. Is, 
but it, yeah, okay, that's fair. I was gonna I was gonna try to make the point that maybe Austin was a little bit better than we may have expected him to be, but probably that's not the case. I think he's sort of where we all you know. Yes, uh, I think he's kind of, yes, he's living up to expectations. Yeah, and then yeah, and that's pretty basically. So you're right. There definitely seems to be a clear um, through line that you know, obviously, I mean, and why wouldn't you? You'd have you'd be hanging around. You would in theory get good coaching. Right. You know, for the most part. Although even like a guy like Larry Drew the third, like it's so funny because he never shot that well. Larry Drew never really shot that well. But, but maybe a guy like Larry Nance Jr. came to the league with a level of preparedness that yeah. has helped him early on and will benefit him in his career. Well, the other thing that also benefits him, I, I believe, is that he was uh, unheralded. He yep. played in a, you know, a smaller conference, you know, didn't do that well. He, he, you know, barely got drafted. Those are the other kind of things that make you humble, right? And make you work hard. Um, right. And I like that. Like, I think Steph Curry is the same way. Yeah. So looking at, so Larry Nance Jr., by the way, so he makes a little over a million dollars because he's on that rookie contract. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you think about a guy like, you know, Dwight Howard will be a free agent and will be eligible for 35% of the salary cap, and a guy like Larry Nance Jr. makes, you know, mm-hmm. 1% of the salary cap. Yeah. It's kind of like the idea of, you know, the ultimate lottery ticket in the league is having a maybe a draft pick in the 20s that turns out to be good. Oh, so I, yeah, I think the poster trial for what you're talking about is obviously yeah. Draymond Green. Okay. Yes, exactly. So are, is it the kind of thing where, because again, if you look at the top three picks over the last 15 or 20 years, someone emailed me a, or t- tweeted me a thing. You know, let's see, that, let's just call it, I think it was the, the top three picks the last 15 years, it's 45 picks. Do you know how many transformative players there were on that list? Oh, the last, the last how many years? 15 years, you said? Yeah, I think it was 15 years. I mean, we can, you can probably almost count them, but uh, right. let's say 15 years, that's 45 players. Let's say 10 of them? I, I think it was less than 10. It was, okay. it was very few. Right. And so, and then if you want to look at it the other way, where like, okay, well, who are you getting in the, in the background? It, it's interesting. Um, it just feels like, you know, what is the way to build a team? You know, like right. the Nets are in that, in that boat now. They don't even have draft picks. So what the hell are they going to do anyway? But these, um, just the difference in the money of, yeah, I, I just feel like these first-round picks are just going to become so much more valuable. That if you're a team like the Sixers or the Celtics and a couple of years ago you just started hoarding picks, it's really going to be a beautiful thing in the next few years. I guess by, by sheer uh, nature of, of the, the volume. Yeah. Because obviously what you're saying is, and this is the math thing, you know, just by, by having more volume, you have more opportunities, more chances to find yes. one of those guys. Yeah, it's more ping pong balls, right? Exactly. So, so what you're saying is the second round uh, picks are becoming are probably more valuable now in some I, way. Yeah, there's a weird, you know, there's just that weird thing with the second rounders and how long you can sign them for, which is, you know, you take a guy like, uh, you know, you you got like two years, you can lock him down, and then and then players can leave. Like Jordan Clarkson's going to be a free agent this year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that weird that weird nuance to it, but. You get a little more control of a first rounder, but yeah, same thing. I mean, absolutely. To be able to have a guy like, you know, to be able to, even to lock down a guy like Jordan Clarkson now. Right. And I think that's the other thing people don't often look at is we, we used to talk about this before where like a couple of years ago, we would say, okay, you got Dwight Howard at whatever he's getting paid. Then you got, right. you know, a De, De, uh, DeAndre Jordan who's getting paid half of that, but giving exactly. you 80% of, the, of his production. Yeah. So Dwight Howard, by the way, what's going to happen with him? I think he's going to, you know, end up sipping pina coladas by a pool somewhere. And... <laughs> Does he, is he, so he's got, is he going to, so he's going to opt out? Is he going to opt out of his last year on this deal? And then. Wow. I don't know. I mean, this is, wait, so he can opt out this summer? So he can opt out this summer and he's, he's got, he, he's got like 20. Yeah, he can opt out at like 23 million or something. But then, you know, he can be signed. Somebody can sign him to a deal starting at like 29 million a year if they want to i don't think he'd get that right i mean i think we're i mean that's got it that ship has sailed at least for max i wonder i wonder what i don't even i don't know where he goes and who signs him for a big contract like that does does houston still want him you know I'm sure they still want him. I'm sure they're going to look at the numbers and be like, listen, we cannot find 
anybody else is going to give us 14 and 12 from that position, right? Right. Um, no matter no matter the fact you know he's got work it work uh, ethic work ethic issues or whatever that is about. Um, you know, I you know, and he shoots 62. percent I mean, listen, he's all dunks, but still. Um, you know, I, I just feel like they're going to look at that and figure out even with, even with the decline in his age, uh, that you know, you're still not going to get anything much better than that from there. So yeah, I'm sure they're going to want to keep him as much as they can. Interesting. Yeah, I, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting case to see what happens and what they're willing to commit to him. Right. How many I mean, years? How much money? That's yeah. It's yeah. That's the thing that they look at because you know, again, that the whole Houston season is bizarre. Um, yeah. You know, they can't I, – I, at some point I thought after they changed coaches and whatever, there was like they were a little bit better. Um, and they are. I mean, they're 17 and 12 under J.B. Bickerstaff. So that's winning. But they can't seem to get on any kind of a streak or, you know, any kind of, a, you know, get, get um, you know, consistent with anything. And so this year is probably a wash. And so that's the case is Dwight Howard going to say, oh, this is just a weird anomaly. We're, we'll get right back to where we were next year. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, if you're talking about OKC is not a championship team with those two guys, it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're going to get a title out of Harden and Dwight. Right. I mean, you know, this is what we've been talking about. You know, before the the saving grace was that at least defensively they were pretty good. Um, And and now they're, you know, in the bottom third. And that this is the ugly head. It's like, you know, if you're in the bottom third playing the way they do on defense, then, yeah, you're going to win two games. and You're going to lose three and you're going to win right. three and you're going to lose two. It's your net. It's like a, you can't sustain that consistently. And that's, you know, but all these guys are weird. Like, you know, Corey Brewer looks like a shell of himself for some reason. I never was a big fan, but he's he doesn't look he doesn't look good. Obviously, the what I thought was going to be huge for them is was terrible with Ty Lawson. And it's just uh, a thing. Is this is it a, is it the, the curse of James Harden, perhaps? I don't know. I feel like I, I do feel like um, I feel like if you are a free agent and you're looking at a place to go, that playing with Harden in Houston feels like never a bad option. I feel like that's the kind of team that can rebuild around him. They, but I don't know. Okay. You think he's cursed? Well, you know what? Let me let me take a step back here because I'm trying to think. Okay, what kind of what player are we familiar with who was ball dominant at the two guard? Could score in any way they wanted to do. <laughs> oh, could also pass when they wanted to and set up teammates. Who who do we remember who was like that? Clyde Drexler. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, Mitch Richmond. <laughs> oh wait, are, are you talking about um, played for Chicago? Yeah. Now let's just say this: he doesn't play defense like that, right? And that's no. the one thing. But remember but how better? long it took Chicago yeah. to finally figure out who to play with him. Right. And they, this is what, the, I feel like Houston is still trying to do what Chicago had done for all those years. Right. You know, they kept trying to bring in these, like, traditional point guards, right, and run a traditional offense. And it didn't work. Yeah. Imagine, imagine what a difference would have been had Bosch signed there a couple of years ago when he was almost going to Houston or maybe going to go there. I think, you know, but, but what, what the, the solution in my mind, like with the Bulls, was A was the triangle and B was bringing in, you know, a point guard like Paxson or like, like a spot-up shooter guy, like a Calderon or somebody. But, um, but um, the other key, I thought, was, was having the point forward. Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in-store. Right? right, having that the second guy not be the backcourt guy, but be a, a guy like Pippen, complimentary, and that's what they need. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I suppose it never hurts to have one of the other greatest players in the history of the NBA on your side. Yeah, it's never a bad thing. But but there there are players who play like that at least yes. a little bit. Like I don't want to say like a Dial, but like somebody like that who can you know handle the well. It's, it's not a good example. Who's a Pippen like now? I guess. Kawhi doesn't play like Pippen. Who plays like Pippen today? Who plays like Pippen today? Offensively. 
I mean, you know, would it help run your offense, would make the right pass every time. If you needed to, he would drive and score. He developed his three later. You know, who is that at that size? Jimmy Butler. You know what kind of is, is, uh, yeah, like sort of. <laughs> Although you could argue Butler is a little bit more like Jordan 2 in some right. way. Right, I'm but, trying to think about that you know, level of defense. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like that's that's the hard part too. Right, because Durant offensively is a little bit like that too, although he, he's so much more aggressive than Pippen ever was um, and better than Pippen ever was offensively. But, like, I'm just trying to picture who that is because – if you want to look at the Bulls as an example, of course, everyone's going to start screaming, saying, oh, they ran the triangle. They don't that would never get you threes, which is all hogwash. Anyway, you know, I, I would say they should probably look at the Chicago model and, you know, and figure out if they can recreate that as opposed, from, a, from a, um, a lineup, from a roster standpoint, because clearly bringing in, you know, you remember like back in the day, they kept bringing in these points like Steve Coulter, Wes Matthews. Like, oh, who else did they have like these traditional point guards that didn't work? Uh, back then, and they finally figured it out. Would you think of Jordan Clarkson in Houston? Hmm. I, again, I don't know if he's going to leave the Lakers, but looking at guys who are. That's intriguing, by the way, because Clarkson could. Clarkson could be like, you know what, I'm fed up with the Lakers and with the coaching, whatever. You yeah. know, I don't see him thinking that he'll, he'll like, develop any better in, you know, there as opposed to anywhere else. Yeah, he's the kind of player that would be intriguing alongside Harden. I mean, yeah, but he, he is a bit of a traditional point guard, too. I mean, he likes to have the ball in his hands, and yep. he's not really a shooter like that, you know. To me, if I was going to recreate that, it would be, you need, like, you know, Calderon is just, just not a good example because he's so much worse than, like, Paxson even <laughs> was on defense. Um, but um, you need someone like that. Yeah, it's it's that that point guard doesn't really exists so much anymore i mean we keep going back to rondo but it's like it's hard to find that guy now because all the point guards they want the ball and they want to be i mean it's like a latter day darren williams maybe yeah but he doesn't really shoot it like that no you know you know paxton and kerr and those guys i mean those guys were the best shooters you could find uh you know you got to find a 6-2 shooter doesn't have to dribble the ball Okay. You know, I don't know who that is. I mean, you know what? And that might be a testament to where our league is gone. Like, everybody now does it, right? Everybody wants to dribble, and they all want to attack and do all that stuff. No one's, right. you know, th- there are no more Rip Hamiltons. Are, oh, Clay Thompson, I suppose, is that way. Right. You mean, like, the big guard? Well, the big guard that's going to run. Uh, you know, Kyle, uh, okay, forgive me. Kyle Korver is Rip, is Rip Hamilton. I mean, you still have a little bit of that. Uh, but very few. You, got, you, know, you have your Kyle Korvers, you have your Clay Thompson, and you have um, – J.J. Redick. I'm trying to think of, you know, the guys that just run off screens the entire time and, you know, don't dribble the ball much and just shoot it. Um, that, that, to me, is what would really help Houston, in the backcourt at least. And then, and then I think you got enough there. You can kind of figure it out, but I don't know. I, I think Houston's probably going to have to, uh, you know, redo what they've been doing. And the question now is, you know, the, yeah, the, 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 you know, Dwight Howard won't be worth much more than he is now. Right. No, I think I think if Howard opts out, which he's likely to do, and I think he'll find I can't imagine he's not going to find a three year deal on the market right now, three, possibly four years. Um, I think if you're Houston, you let him go and you reboot. Yeah. And you take that as an opportunity to fill his spot with someone else. Right. Although couldn't you just see Daryl Morey saying, you know what, rather than let him go, let's get something for him. Um, I don't, it depends. I guess it depends on what you're getting. If it's right. some sort of sign and trade, and you're taking back draft picks, sure. Taking back <laughs> some salary, maybe not. Right, but, and then and it's also hard because he he has a huge contract, and that's just always harder to move. Right, but if he walks in your Houston, Houston yeah. could replace him with a guy like Joe. Make a burn for Joakim Noah, someone like that. Oh, that would be interesting. Who's yeah. gonna fill a role? Who's gonna be kind of like Dwight, but fill a role? Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, a there you go. There's, we, they're, they're solving some problems right there. And, you know, <laughs> right. Replace him with Noah. Um, you know, and then the question, I mean, but by the way, that, that makes sense for both teams in some weird way. For which both teams? For The Bulls for, and the, and the uh, and Rockets. You mean to trade those two to get Dwight over to Chicago? Right. 
I, you know, we talked about that a little bit last week too. I think, I think, I think a trade for Dwight would only make sense if Derrick Rose is going the other way. Right. Now, if you can use that as a too. as an occasion to move that contract, then right? Well, then maybe they, then they toss Ty Lawson in then. Sure. <laughs> I, I still think. Look, I still think that uh, I still think that Rose is here through the end of the year and next mm-hmm. off season. I think that's the time he goes away. But um, right. Well, I think we did a pretty good job solving some of the NBA's problems, which I All also right. feel like I think that's going to be the name of our of this podcast. <laughs> Is that our theme? Okay. So, so you know, solving the solving the NBA's problem, you know, one Durant at a time it could yeah. be this one. Um, <laughs> okay, terrific. So, so what, what's the what's the conclusion? Durant's Durant's going to stay. Durant's I think you're right. I, I think you know you can't overlook that much money. But then, if that's the case, and they know that, then then I would suspect they're going to have to do something. I think they, they, my prediction is they lose in the second round, and they're going to do something drastic. Okay. And and if it's Kevin Durant staying, then obviously the only other drastic thing they can do is trade Russ. I I I think if they trade Russ, whatever it is, it will be one of the more fascinating trades in recent history. If not the most, I, I can't wait to see what comes back from the other side for that. Well, absolutely. And you know what? I can't wait to see what comes back on our next episode of Solving the NBA's Problems. And Brian, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Coach Nick. It is my pleasure. <laughs> and don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Brian? I'm in. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love a sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in-store.